Another rum, bum a rum next to ya. Bum another rum and sing along. Bum another rum, bum a rum next to ya. Bum another rum, sing, sing a la 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 la. Christ, our risen Lord, who is indeed present here today. My name is Jason Harrison, and I'm assistant campus minister at the college. And I'd like to welcome students, faculty, and staff as we gather again here in this place of worship as a gospel community. And I also welcome visitors, prospective students, and families who are visiting our campus today. And also today we have a number of pastors from, area, from the local churches would you please stand? I believe by the end of this service there will be as many as 20 congregations gathered in the Union after this is over to give you information about their congregations and services that they have during the week. Worship today will be led by the students who participated this past summer in inquiry programs, camping, ministry, and service. They will share about their search of calling. And I invite you, each of you, to listen and hear God's voice 
that may be speaking to you about your own future. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to God, our rock and our redeemer. Please stand and join us in singing number 580 from the Blue Hymnal.
We've been counselors, worship leaders, and housekeepers for families and kids of all ages. We've been pastors, preachers, mentors, and friends. We worked with food pantries, coordinated volunteers, cared for children, monitored UN issues, and cooked for more people than we'd ever imagined we could cook for. We were in places close to home and places around the world. We were on the East Coast in Pennsylvania, Florida, New York, Washington, D.C., and West Virginia. We were in the Midwest in Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, and Kentucky. We were out west in California, Colorado, and Texas, and we were overseas in Germany and Benin, West Africa. What did we all have in common? We were all part of the Goshen College's three inquiry programs, Camping, Ministry, and Service Inquiry. The goal of these programs is to provide an opportunity for students to explore their interest in these various types of Christian service lifestyles under the guidance of mentors and peers. In addition to this experience, at the end of the summer, students receive a scholarship of up to $2,000 towards tuition costs for the following academic year. Through this worship service, we hope to share some of our experiences with you and hopefully to plant a seed of interest in some of you who might go on to take part in one or even several of these programs in the years to come. Some volunteers from a Catholic school in Chicago introduced this prayer for generosity to our swap group this summer. Please join with me in praying it when it comes up on the screen. Lord, teach me to be generous. Teach me to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not ask for any reward, save that of knowing I am doing your will. Amen. Awakening. Fun. Transformation. Playfulness. Compassion. Perseverance. Community. Matthew 14, 13 through 20. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from their towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. 
And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled, and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. I find that that story sums up most of my experience this summer with SIP. I worked at DOOR in Denver, an organization similar to Urban Plunge, which brings groups of teenagers to the city to give them opportunity to do urban service as a way to, see, to serve God. Our motto was, see the face of God in the city. Over the course of the summer, my service became a way to see God in the most surprising places, in simple meals of bread and fish, not just elaborate demonstrations like walking on water. I learned from the, team, the teens that we hosted, from their youth pastors and youth leaders, from my co-workers, and from the people that we served. One day, as we, re we returned from a hot day at the Salvation Army's 4th of July picnic, I even saw God on the light rail. I wrote this story that evening in my journal. We took the light rail there and back, and on the way back, I sat near the group from Manitoba, I took a picture of the four of them all together. A minute later, one of the boys, Ross, took out his wallet and he pulled out $11 American. And I thought, why are you pulling out your wa wallet on the middle of the public transportation system? What do you need $11 for? But he wrapped the one around the 10 and stood up, walking towards the other side of the car. He handed the money to a tall, thin, graying man who carried a sign that said, Anything Helps, attached to his guitar. I had noticed the man and the sign, but I hadn't seen the guitar, and I certainly hadn't imagined giving him anything. After handing the man some money, Ross asked if he would play something. And he did, and it wasn't great, but it was more the idea of music in the light rail that made me want to dance. And it was Ross's grace that made me want to dance. The man got off a couple of stops later, and when he did, he thanked our whole group. That impressed me as well, to call a group good for one person's good act. But that was his mercy to us. The thing is, I'm not sure the man realized that Ross gave him $11 because one bill was folded around the other. When Ross came back to sit with us, his friends faulted him for missing another group picture. I was disappointed with their attitudes because Ross acted out of, out of compassion and conviction. Ross also saw what I didn't. I'm beginning to get the idea that this week is about perception. We all see different, and everyone's glasses are tinted somewhere, but if we try on their pair, we might see something where our glasses are blocked. We had a speaker who came every week to talk to our groups, a formerly addicted homeless man who was an atheist for 40 years. When he gave his testimony, he always told us why he became an atheist. He said he'd seen people all around the world suffering and wondered what kind of God allows such suffering. If that's who God is, I don't want to worship him. Then he explained, when he became Christian, he realized 
we don't blame God for our own shortcomings and failures. So why do we, we blame ourselves? So why do we blame God for the world's failures? Then he always told the story of Cain and Abel and brought up when Cain asked, am I my brother's keeper? And God's response at the time was, what have you done? But I think the rest of the Bible lays out pretty clearly that, yes, we are our brothers and our sisters' keepers. We must adopt an attitude which recognizes their holiness as God's creation and commit small acts of compassion, acts like feeding them simple meals. I served a lot of meals this summer, and it was frustrating to realize that I could keep on feeding people every day for the rest of my life because there would always be hungry people. But these small acts of love, like the disciples carrying bread and fish from Jesus to the people, make a difference. Never doubt that even the smallest acts can change a person, a movement, or the world. Because often, it's when we feel that we are doing the least that we are doing the most. Renewing. Flexible. A blessing. Moldy. Discipleship. Shining. Musical. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. Philippians 2, 14 through 16. Let me start by saying there is no way I can sum up my entire summer in three minutes. I will try, however, to give you a little glimpse of what I learned and how I've changed over this summer. I worked at Camp Luz, a small Christian camp in Wayne County, Ohio, doing the camping inquiry program. I got a chance to do many different things, from leading crafts, to facilitating low and high ropes, to directing a week of camp. I grew a lot closer to God during this time, and that was just because I was immersed in the Holy Spirit for 10 whole weeks. I gained a lot of lifelong friends and also got to experience joys with the friends that I had made in the previous years. A lot of people participate in inquiry programs because they feel called to do some sort of ministry later on in their life, and this is a way of testing out that call. Honestly, I wasn't one of those people. I wanted to work at camp again, as I had for the previous four summers, but I also felt like I should get a real job to help pay for college. This was a way to do both. I was able to serve God, but in the same way, I didn't have to feel like I was neglecting my financial responsibilities. Because, as they said earlier, you get a scholarship for this experience. So I won't end the speech by saying during the summer I felt God to be, I felt God calling me to be a camp director. I did, however, get to experience two different calls over the summer. One of them is a vocational call, and I won't go into it now because it's a very long story involving lightning and sniffing things. You can ask me later if you want to hear it. I will briefly discuss the other call, though, for I feel it can pertain to each and every one of us. If you remember back to the verse I said at the beginning, 
It says that we shouldn't complain or argue so that we can become children of God, but not just any children of God, blameless and pure children of God. How amazing would that be to be seen in God's eyes as blameless and pure, without fault? We are called to do and be exactly that, and in doing so, we will shine to this crooked and depraved generation. I'm sure none of you will argue that our generation is crooked and depraved, right? Well, we can shine to those people, and we can change their lives for the better. One simple way to shine is to not argue and complain when somebody asks you to do something. All summer, I heard the phrase, shine like stars, whenever anyone argued or complained about any little thing. That was very helpful to me because sometimes complaining can be just such a habit that you don't realize you're doing it. I want to be able to shine and be as blameless and pure as I can in God's eyes. And one way to do that is by not complaining or arguing. And so, guys, I challenge each and every one of you not to complain when the sun doesn't shine for weeks at a time, or when we lose a sporting event, or when one of your classes takes over 15 hours of work just to scrape by. That's the hardest one for me right now. But I've challenged you and myself. Together, if we're all shining, we can make a pretty cool constellation in God's eyes. Listening. Immersion. Confidence. Encouraging. Independence. Challenging. Philippians 1, 3 through 6. I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Like many things in life, my MIP experience began with uncertainty and confusion. I was not supposed to go to Philadelphia. I was supposed to go to San Francisco. I was excited about going to San Francisco. But then, about two months before I was supposed to go, I was informed that all of the potential housing options had fallen through and that I would not be going to San Francisco. I was devastated. I couldn't understand why this was happening. I had almost given up on the idea of doing ministry inquiry at all when Jason Harrison informed me that he had found a church for me, Oxford Circle Mennonite Church in Philadelphia. At first, after the disappointment of San Francisco, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go to Philadelphia or even if I wanted to do MIP, but I decided that I would go where God seemed to be leading me. I knew very little about Oxford Circle Mennonite Church as I stepped on the plane in May. All I knew was that it was a small, diverse congregation in Philadelphia. Because of this limited knowledge, I arrived in Philadelphia with no expectations at all. My first moments were spent on the phone with Pastor Leonard, trying to direct him to where I was waiting at the airport. I was in Terminal F, he had gone to Terminal B. When he finally found me, he drove me to the house where I would spend the next three months. There, I was immediately embraced by Tim and Jen Lehman and their two-year-old son, Isaiah. Even before my arrival in Philadelphia, I was pretty sure I didn't want to be the pastor of a congregation. One of the great blessings of my experience this summer is that I was able to get a taste of what ministry looks like when it's not specifically pastoral. 
Much of what I did at Oxford Circle was getting their annual community festival up and running. I spent much time making phone calls and sending faxes and emails, and to my surprise, this was ministry. I did other types of ministry as well. On Wednesday nights, I taught the elementary Bible study, and on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday afternoons, I worked at our elementary summer camp. I have never had that kind of responsibility in my entire life, and I was terrified. But for the first time, I felt as though I was, as though I was being treated like a real adult. That was the greatest blessing they could have granted to me. Oxford Circle Mennonite Church is an absolutely amazing congregation. Instead of viewing racial and cultural diversity as a barrier to be overcome, they use it to their benefit in a way few churches are able to do. Though they are a small congregation, they have big aspirations. God is doing a great work at Oxford Circle, and I am blessed to have had the opportunity to give him a hand. The scripture I read at the beginning was read to me on my last Sunday at Oxford Circle. I feel that those verses sum up the wonderful things I experienced in Philadelphia. God began a good work in me, and I know that God will continue it. But more than that, I saw that God had begun a great work at Oxford Circle, and I am confident that God will carry it on to completion. I learned many things during my summer of MIP. I learned to trust God, even when God's plans are not the same as my plans. I learned that stepping into the unknown is okay when God is leading me there. I learned that it's good to jump in and do what needs to be done, even when I don't feel adequately equipped for the job. I learned that I can grow from and be blessed by doing things that are outside my comfort zone. I experienced firsthand that ministry can be much more than serving as a pastor of a congregation. I pray that God will complete this good work that God has begun in me and at Oxford Circle Mennonite Church. And sign up for a club in the union after, after chapel. As we move into a time of silence, we encourage you to reflect on the messages that have been shared and to think about how service and ministry play a part of your own lives. As we close this time of reflection, we invite you to join us in Singing Sanctuary. No. 
Please turn with me to number 158 in the Sing the Journey book, number 158. Number 158. From where we are to where you need us, Jesus lead. From the security of what we know to the adventure of what you will reveal, to refashion the fabric of this world until it resembles the shape of your kingdom. Because good things have been prepared for those who love God. Jesus, now lead on. You may go in peace. 